Sally sells shit by the shit shore. (laughs) (laughs) A big go, Rodrigo, (laughs) Rodriguez. A big back, Rodrigo. A bid. (laughs) Then I said a bid. A big black bug bit a big black bear. A big black bug bit a bit blah blah. (laughs) (laughs) You've always struggled with that one. That one's so hard. You guys pop you remember? try that at home. A big black bug bit a blink. <laughs> <laughs> a big black... Nope. <laughs> a big black bug bit a big black bear. A big black bug bit a big black bear. Um, a big black bug would... bit a big black bear. <laughs> Woo! You did it! You definitely sounded like a robot, though. A big black <laughs> bug bit a big black bear. How much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Mrs. Butter bought a bit of butter, but the butter, it was bitter. If she put it in her batter, it would make the batter bitter. So Betty Butter bought a bit of better butter. I don't know. I won a tongue twister contest one time and got one of those giant Hershey Kishish. <laughs> I don't know how I spoke back then. <laughs> In, like, middle school, I think? Yeah, it was a good day. I was like, I should do this big-ass like mouth a, is like good. A mini, we should do, like, a mini-episode where we get, like, a giant list of tongue twisters and try to read them. I would love that. <laughs> that would be so fun. Poppies, would you like that? Yes, we would, Papas. Tell us in the comments below. <laughs> <laughs> Any whoosins, hello, everyone. How are we doing? Haley, <laughs> I stink. <laughs> what? I just shit my pants. <laughs> Your mom's a hoe. <laughs> so is yours. <laughs> Fuck you, Brennan. Do you like when we are um, <laughs> or what did you say? Yes, on the last episode. Fuck you, Susan. And then we were like, "That's oh. your mom's name." <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about the the hell table. And I was like, this is where you're going to go if you stop, if you don't stop doing that, Susan. <laughs> oh, yep, 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 exactly. The hellish table. Oh, Lord. But how are you? I'm good. Today's been a day. <laughs> I'm glad we're recording. I'm good. <laughs> um, when this comes out, I believe I will be on my way across the country. Like, back over to Oregon. So, the next one yeah, is... you will already be... Oh, yes, you will. It will be your first day of traveling. Oh my god, pray for me. I have tr- such bad travel anxiety. It's like, I mean, it's doubled since I moved out here, which makes sense because the travel to the East Coast is, like, an entire day's worth of travel. Especially with all the layovers. They're ridiculous. Yeah, I I really can't wait to come see you, but that traveling is going to kill me, so I'm going to have to factor in extra days for that, for sure. Yeah, it's tough. And I I did get us a red eye, like, I think our first time coming back um, to Pennsylvania, and it was literally the worst mistake I've ever made. We had, like, a seven-hour layover in Seattle that started at, like, 9 p.m., it was horrible. No. I didn't that sleep for awful. like two days. <laughs> so you had a layover in Seattle? You flew up 
to Seattle and over. Yeah. I don't I don't understand how why they do that. I, I, I get it in a certain way because like capacity and whatever and like different airlines are only contracted in certain airports, but like can we just let all of the airports go to no. Let all of the airplanes go to all of the airports so people can just like like fly more straight through. Right. I get that layovers or I know sometimes they do stops where you don't get off the plane so you can like gas the plane up because obviously you need yeah. fuel to fly, fly the plane but I don't get it. Yeah um, the flight in September um, we go down to San Francisco and then we have like a couple hour layover there and then we go I think it's a straight shot from there to Buffalo or to Boston. That's, that's better. Yeah. But, and, like, I understand for, like, international travel, so when we went to Europe, we went to the Buffalo Airport, which is, um, no, international, which is just within the nation. I always have to correct myself. Buffalo International flew to Atlanta, which is a national airport, or not, what is the word? Oh, no, it's international, so what is Buffalo? It's, it says international, too. I don't understand, but whatever. Because you can't fly, like, Buffalo doesn't offer flights out of the country. Unless it's, like, Canada. Oh. It doesn't offer overseas travel, as far as I know. So we had to fly to Atlanta. Gotcha. And then Atlanta's a much larger airport, so it had larger jets. So that was the biggest plane I'd ever been on. And it had, actually, like, the rows of seats by the window and then a middle row. Mm -hmm. It was huge. Bigger than a Boeing 747. Or 757, yeah. whichever number. I think it was a, I don't remember, that was, like, almost ten years ago, vomit. Um, but that I understand because of, like, traveling overseas and into different countries on different continents. But traveling yeah. domestically from one coast to the other, just, like, send me. Just just knock me out and shoot me out of a cannon or something. I don't need yeah. all of this BS. Yeah, yeah. Man. How do you feel about the driving oh. part? I love driving. I would much rather drive across the country than fly. I don't care that it takes like a week. Yeah. So. The only thing I don't like about driving is that it hurts my body. If driving went as fast flying, as flying... Flying hurts my body more than driving. True. If cars have more room. Yeah. Generally. I think for me it's mostly just the sitting and that you have to sit one specific way. Like... We drove, when in we drove plane. to Maryland for, no, on a, in a car, because generally it's longer in a car. So it's the amount of time. Yeah. I mean, on a plane, I'm six foot two, so I can't really, like, readjust myself in a way that's going to be comfortable. So I just have to sit, like, basically straight up, because my knees are pressed up pretty hard against the seat in front of me. Mm -hmm. And if I try to cross my legs, it's like a whole ordeal where I'm, like, breaking my legs <laughs> and get it over. Kicking the person in front of you in the head. <laughs> yeah. The last time Man. we flew, I think it was on the way home, our first flight, I think it was from Florida to um, Charlotte. So it was from what airport? Oh my God. I Whatever airport ne is near um, West Palm Beach. No, West Palm Beach Airport. Mm. Yeah? I don't know. To Charlotte Airport. 
I got the fucking exit row seat and they're like, are you sure you want to do this? I said, I am great in emergencies. I can swim really well. And this leg room is wonderful. <laughs> I got this. If I could have the emergency row seat every time I would uh, just absolutely be the happiest person on the planet. Me too. I also got a really, a really extra travel pillow. I don't know if I showed it to you. I feel like you did. Is it it's blue? Like one, it's it's one that I literally have to blow it up in the seat with my mouth. And it's like, <laughs> it's like a, <laughs> I set it on the tray table in front of me and it has two holes in the side for me to put my arms and then a hole in the top <gasps> to put my face so I can yes. see. Because I can't like I can't lean my head back because the headrest is too short and I can't right. like lean forward and just lean on the tray table because my head will be just knocking into the seat in front of me. This is amazing. It's the best purchase I've ever made in my life. Like, um, what's the security took my first one on accident or no, they, I had it in Logan's bag and they searched his bag and they forgot to put it back in. So I left oh, it no. at the Tampa airport. I think it was Tampa, but so I immediately bought another one cause I'm like, I'm never flying again without it. It's amazing. So. Especially when yeah. you're flying or traveling for like 14 hours. Yes, it's amazing. Yeah. It's so fun. <laughs> See, that sounds lovely. I always have trouble leaning forward, too. My issue is is that even though I'm not as tall as you, I have a long torso, and my uh-huh. butt is is relatively padded. And um, so when I sit, I sit up higher in the seat than someone who's my height, and I also have a belly and some padding in the front. So I lean over, and I'm all, like, scrunched up, and I'm like... My, my boobs are on my chin, and I'm like... So maybe that would help me, too. Yeah, you should get one. They're nice. Do it, people turn around? a little bit. They feel kind of ridiculous. They make me feel kind of stupid when I, like, pull it out and start blowing it up. But then when I, like, <laughs> when I, like lay in it, I'm like, I don't give a shit. All these people around me wish they had one of these right now, because it is For amazing. Real? Yeah. Do people ever look at you like, are you making balloon animals right now? <laughs> Because that's all I can think I of. Because if I heard someone just going, I, <sighs> <sighs> I can't let myself like look around as I'm blowing it up. I just stare at the like the little TV screen and like just blow it up, and then I'm like, <laughs> yes. I wish I could sleep better on planes. Whoa, are you okay? Yeah, I just inhaled okay. incense smoke. <laughs> oh yuck. Um. I wish I could sleep better on planes. I can on longer flights, but if it's shorter flights, I'm like, what if I miss something? Like, I don't know. It's a control issue. I have problems. Okay. And we all know I have problems. If you don't, and this is your first episode, I'm sorry. You're going to find out relatively quickly. This is literally called educate me, Papa. Yeah. So with the amount we've bantered already, you should know that we, uh, simply about traveling over the place, (laughs) but I'm so excited to see you in like, a little about over two weeks. Yeah. And I'm stealing you like for a year almost since we've seen each other in person. Yeah. Cause you were here for your birthday last year. So it's going to be yeah. over a year by the time I see you. That's yeah. unacceptable. Will you come out here, bitch? I can I come know. to you all the time. No, this is true. You make it happen better, but 
I I know. We're going to. Honestly, part of me wants I to know make it's it a tough. real trip. It's tough and it, it's expensive. I get it. Yes. I just wish That's that the it wasn't thing. as expensive so you could come out every weekend. <laughs> God. If, we need to invent teleportation. Yeah. Because if I could just walk through a portal and even if it like split my atoms and put them back together, maybe I'd turn out better. Maybe I wouldn't have my trauma. <laughs> would it erase my trauma? We don't know. And ugh, that would Someone be so get beautiful. To work on that. Yeah. It's not going to be us because although I'm wearing my chemistry exam shirt, um, I'm, I'm not a scientist. I'm wearing my Jenna Marble shirt that says, hell yeah. <laughs> Have you ever... I think I bought this shirt while I was with you at the Salvation Army or at Goodwill when we went with Kayla. I don't remember. It's it's from some university, but I thought it was really funny because it's like a, an ex, like a big old men's shirt, so it's really comfy. But it says chemistry exam shirt, and it has the periodic table on it, but it's upside down, so if you look down, you can read it. <laughs> <laughs> and I just... I love That's it. Funny. I think it's really funny. That's Would you like me to funny. read some to you? Hydrogen, lithium, beryllium, sodium, magnesium, potassium, calcium, scandium, titanium, vanadium. Oh. Um, it's kind of faded. I think that says chrononium. Chrom- no, that says chromium, not chrononium. That's not a word. <laughs> Manganese, iron, cobalt, nickel, copper, zinc, gallium, boron, carbon, nitrogen, oxygen. I'm not reading them in the right order, but... Yeah, it's a cool shirt. I bought it for, like, two bucks at a thrift store, so I'm happy about it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. I think, I actually do think I remember that trip, and I think I bought a shirt that was, like, from somebody's birthday party where they went fishing, and it's, like, it has a couple decals yes. on it. <laughs> yes, exactly. I remember that shirt, and you're like, should I get it's this? Like I was somebody's like, absolutely. <laughs> yes. I wear it to sleep. But that's... <laughs> That's that's the best way to get sleep shirts and the best way to get shirts to do, like, when you're tie-dyeing or if you're doing yeah. something where you could get a stain, like, dyeing your hair or something. Best shirts. Yeah. Yeah. And, Great. like, when it's already pre-worn, it's, like, worn in and then you bring it home and wash Cozy. it just to make sure. And then it's, like, A little stinky. <laughs> no, that's only when I wear it for three days in a row. True. I have a problem. I love a good comfy shirt, though. My favorite shirt still is the ones that we bleach dyed together because it's a men's that fucking gnat's still in here um it's a men's 4x so i swim in it and it just hugs me and it's lovely yep isn't she lovely isn't she wonderful okay hey song break over what up i have a question what's your question what are you going to educate us on this week? Uh, belching. I already know about um, that. You do. You're an expert. You should be the one educating. <laughs> well, I thought um, it's been a while since we've talked about my good old home state of New York. So today we are going to be talking about different fun stories that I found in this book that my friend at work lent me. Hi, Ben. Thank you. It's called Weird New York by Mark Moran and Mark Skierman or something. They also wrote a book called um, Weird USA. So it's basically Mm -hmm. like a book with different details about New York State. But there's a whole section called Unsolved Mysteries and Unexplained Phenomenas. 
or phenomenons. I'm excited. Or yes, I think it's really cool. I love I love the paranormal. I love like ex- extraterrestrial stuff. Um, anything along those lines. So I went through and picked out some of my favorites. Some are long, some are short. Um, but I think we're really going to enjoy it. Hell yeah. Are you assetted? I am. I also I want to address something really fast. Um, I know that we've heard cars passing previous in previous episodes. That is on my end. I have the window next to me open, and there's a road relatively relative, relatively close. Um, I'm gonna leave the window open though because if I close it, I will sweat to death on uh, recording. So yes, but we might have unless a fix it, for removing really, background noise. Yeah, unless it really bothers some people, then let me know and I will figure something else out. But it's never really bothered me, so. Yeah. yeah, it's really not that noticeable unless we're taking a pause or if yeah. we're talking quietly. But otherwise, once it's edited, ed- I, I have such a hard time saying that, edited, um, you really don't notice it that much. Um, okay. Yeah, it, if if the construction was still going on, that could be a problem. But Yeah. Oh, my God. They were out here, like, just smashing into the pavement outside my house. <laughs> Literally, I n- I didn't understand that video you sent me where that guy just had a backhoe and was just like punching the ground with the bucket. Yeah, and I was like, I don't know what that w- that was about. I still don't. Isn't like, and I was I'm thinking like, what could he be doing? Okay, if he wanted to break the pavement, you use a jackhammer. If you wanted to smooth the pavement down, you use a steamroller. Like, I guys, my dad works for the city, so he drives a plow and all the other machinery. So I know the names of more. Um, construction type vehicles than you would ever think and also Megan and I watch a lot of the gold rush shows on um the history channel and discovery network where they like dig for gold and they talk about all their stuff I love it I want to drive those big trucks I to tear the ground up with a backhoe or to although I would have to wear nose plugs because I hate the smell of hot pavement like like melted asphalt makes me want to vomit but i would love to drive the the truck that like grinds it up and then the truck that while you'd get used to the smell probably after i had 50 headaches (laughs) yeah 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 but anyways however we got on construction (laughs) vehicles (laughs) it was all me i apologize okay so are you ready to visit the uf cap nope (laughs) We're starting off strong. The UFO capital of New York. Hell yeah, where is it? Tell me right now. Let's go. <laughs> a small town in Orange County, New York, which I didn't even know was a county in New York. When I hear Orange, I think of Florida. So I was very mm-hmm. confused at first, so I had to look it up to make sure that these people didn't write a book that was fake. Um, but this small town in Orange County, New York, located near the Hudson Valley, is called Pine Bush which I think is just a really fun, fun and funny name. I don't know why, because pines are... Well, no. Can you have bushes pine of pine? Bush. Uh, anyways, pine bush. And it is known as the UFO capital of New York. The total population is less than 2,000 residents, but it is said that most of them believe in extraterrestrials because of the UFO activity in the town. Um, I don't know why I didn't expect, like, any anything like this in New York, but I guess I don't know that much about it, so. M- me neither, but this one, 
especially, I don't, I really, when I think of UFOs, I think of like, like middle, um, oh my god, what is it called? I want to say the Middle East, but that's not the word I'm looking for. Midwest? Midwest, because it's all the open fields and the prairies and stuff, but. Yeah. Pine Bush has some strange stuff. Interesting. Yes. So there have been reports of UFOs, strange experiences, and other unexplainable things in Pine Bush since the 1960s. And that's basically when, you know, record of it, but it could have been before. Between 1983 and 1987, there were about 2,000 sightings reported. And because of that number, a hotline was created specifically for the public to call in the sightings. Ooh. Isn't that wild? Yeah, I wonder if they get a lot of prank calls. Um, Probably now, but maybe not necessarily yeah. in the 80s. Yeah, because it was like more... Yeah. Was the 80s, maybe? I feel like we've talked about this before, but was was the 80s manic panic? Not manic panic. Satanic panic. <laughs> manic panic is hair dye. Um, I think that, yeah. Satanic. Manic panic. Jesus Christ. Don't ever use that on your hair, by the way. Everyone. PSA. That's all I use on my hair. I thought you used Arctic Fox. I did, but it washes out too fast. Oh, that's true. Okay, I'm sorry, not Manic Panic. I'm thinking of Splat. Oh, no, 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 no. no. Wait, can I can I really, like, tell a really quick story of my first experience with Splat? <laughs> Absolutely. I will share mine as well. Okay. I was living in Florida. I think it was probably, like, 2015, 2016. I had dark brown hair at the time. Um, and I wanted to have blue hair, but I didn't want to bleach my hair at the time. So I looked up if there were any dyes that could do this for me and splat was the first one recommended. So I went to the store and I found some and I went back to my apartment and I was living with a boyfriend at the Pete. time and he was Pete. there when I did it. Yes. And, um, <laughs> I put it in my hair and I let it sit and then I went and got in the shower and I I rinsed it all off, not really thinking of anything, and I got out of the shower, and I looked in the mirror. My entire body, every inch of my skin, was blue. I was in You're... that bathroom. I was in that bathroom for, like, at least three and a half hours, scrubbing my skin, trying to get that blue out, and it still didn't come all the way out. My bathroom, when I moved out of that apartment, part of it was still blue. That shit is absolutely horrid. It is, yeah. it, I don't know what's in it, but it's almost closer to like fabric dye than it is to anything you should be using on your hair. And if you wanted uh -huh. to have blue, blue in your hair for like ever on the hair that didn't like other than the new growth hair, it's great for that. Sure. Especially over, yeah. but you have to like basically saran wrap or Vaseline your entire body and your entire body. Yeah surroundings you just need to be in the yard i was gonna I say remember i walked out of the bathroom i walked out of the bathroom because <laughs> i was like embarrassed and i was like crying and he was like what the fuck happened to you <laughs> <laughs> i was like i tried to dye my hair and leave me alone <laughs> do you remember the movie big fat liar with frankie muniz yep 
the guy who dives in the pool and comes out and he's dyed entirely blue. That's all I could picture. Yep. That was me. It was horrifying. When we were younger, Chloe wanted to dye their hair, just the tips of their hair red. And luckily my parents made us do it in the backyard because we used red splat. Oh my oh God. God. Murder scene. Worse. All over yeah. my hands. It was awful. Yeah. I think that that red stayed in their hair for a very long time. Yeah. It was fun, though. Don't ever use splat. Okay. So when you come home, we're going to use Manic Panic. Yes. That's what I always okay. use. Because it stays for a long time. And so. also, speaking of which, did you find out when Satanic Panic was, or did we completely get the derailed? 80s. The Okay, cool. I finally got it right. So... It's possible that it was prank calls since it was the 80s, or it was just people freaking out, or it was real UFO sightings. I believe that, you know, there were some real ones. Oh, I I totally believe in extraterrestrials. I don't know in what form, yeah. but we can't yeah, be the only life form that. in the galaxy. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so, I gotta stop saying that. Every time I start a new one, I don't know how to segue, so I always go, um, so, and I cut it out of every episode. I do, too. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, god damn it. Most of, and I go, a lot to, like, start, and I'm like, so many lip smacks. Welcome to the world of editing. (laughs) Yes. I'm actually enjoying it, though, because it gives me a chance to re-listen without, like... I am? Yeah. Thank you. That means a lot to me. (laughs) I'm going to have an Oreo to celebrate later. (laughs) Probably not. Probably not just one. Um, I also ate some before the podcast because if there's something yummy in the house, I'm, it's going to be gone fast. Yes. There I go again. Most of the early reports were strange objects or lights in the sky and strange noises being heard all over town. Most of the people kept quiet about what they had seen or experienced until almost 30 years... No. So the original sightings, and the it started in the 60s. And then around 30 years later, people actually started talking about them because author Ellen Kristall published her book, Silent Invasion... Um, Crystal was a researcher, a paranormal researcher, and she spent 10 years studying the town of Pine Bush and then wrote a book about it. And I really want to read the book. I will link it in the show notes because it looks really interesting. Um, and it just really made the town like boom and be known for, you know, paranormal things. And the town is a tourist hotspot. For those interested in the paranormal, specifically alien sightings, and it's now home to the Pine Bush UFO and Paranormal Museum, which I kind of want to go to. It looks really sick. I looked up the website, and they do, like, Halloween stuff, and I wonder how... Let me look at how far it is for me. It's probably, like, six hours. Yeah, you said, like, Hudson. That's near New York City. If I had to guess... Yeah, oh, New York City, I think, is, an, yeah. is a, um, like, a nine-hour drive. Oh, five hours and 15 minutes. That's not terrible. Anything under six hours, I'm like, yeah, that's not that bad. Perfect. Okay. Well, I would love to go see that. Um, and then there was an article that I found on atlasobscura.com, and it was written by Annika Burgess. 
And she shared a story from a local barber named Butch. And I there were some pictures there, too. I think I'm going to share because he was a precious old man. And Butch shared a story about a friend of his who claims to have seen an extraterrestrial or a being in a field just outside of the town. He claims that the figure stood around 9 to 10 feet tall with a silhouette that stood out in the dark field. So it's like pitch dark and it's a 9 to 10 foot silhouette. Ooh. It was just Haley. Oh my god, that would be horrifying if that was me. Yeah. And then it, and it quickly just disappeared into the surrounding trees. Did it run or did it just like vanish into thin air? Vanish. Like, like faded almost is, is what I'm getting from the article. Okay, because I pictured like knees to the chest running like... <laughs> That's way worse. <laughs> but at least if it was running, you could at least know, like, I mean, 9 to 10 feet tall, that's still terrifying, but, like, it makes it more humanoid. Yeah. Whereas it, with it just vanishing, it's very much, like, paranormal, ghosty, yeah, alien-esque. So, um, yeah. I'm going to pause for one second. Megan asked me to turn the oven on so she can cook okay. a pizza when she gets home. <laughs> Heck yeah, go for it. Did you see that Jimmy Buffett died? What? No, he didn't. Yeah, he did. Fake news. Oh my god. It's not fake. <sighs> yeah. All the people are dying. I sent it to my... My sisters and I have a group chat on Instagram, and I saw that this morning. And I sent it to them, and Linda responded, responded and said, I hope he eats all the cheeseburgers he wants in paradise. <laughs> oh my god, yes. Wasting away me That's a I good fucking at a song. Restaurant. I worked at a restaurant by um the Tarpon Lake Tarpon Lake, I think. Or no, was it the ocean? I don't fucking remember. It's been so long. But uh, some body of water. A body of water. <laughs> called, yeah. It was called Miss Vicky's on the River. It was mm-hmm. it was a really fun job, um, for the time, but they had live music every weekend, and literally all they played was Jimmy Buffett, so I know, like, every single word to all the songs now. <laughs> yeah. My parents are a big fan of, like, the golden oldies, and yeah. we, in the, one of my favorite things to think about from my childhood is in the summers, we would cook out, like, on the deck all the time with the grill, and we had this huge CD player. I, I swear it was, like, three feet wide. And, like, a foot and a half half deep because it was a six-change CD player. You could put six discs in and change it. And each uh-huh. of the speakers had, like, two on it. So it was, like, really cool for the time, you know? Now it would be, like, what the fuck? Um, but it also had radio capabilities, and they would put it to, I think it's 93 Gold, the yeah. local radio station. So I know mm-hmm. so many oldies. And I remember I went to a party with Meg- at Megan's aunt's house one time. It was like a big like reunion thing for like family slash friends of their time. And they were playing so many good oldies and like old rock and roll and stuff. And I was singing along with all of them. And I think I was like 20 something at the time. And I remember singing along and one of the ladies came up to me. I think her name's Tina. And she was like, you know this song? I was like, yeah, I do. My parents love the Golden Oldies. She's like, aren't you like 19? And I was like, no, I'm like 22. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I feel like that's not really that big of an age difference when you think about like a 22-year-old and a 19-year-old. But it yeah, is at the same okay. time. Yeah. Uh-huh. But, yeah. Sad Jimmy. Was he, does, do we have any um 
troubling knowledge about Mr. Buffet? Not that I know of. Okay, that's good, because I, I like to keep up with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I don't, okay. I don't know. I'm not up to date on the Jimmy Buffett uh, controversy of the world. <laughs> the, the hot goss about Mr. Buffet? Yeah. I'm sorry, his his name is Buffet. Buffett. He's a it dead is Buffett. man. Respect him. <laughs> Put some respect on that name! God damn it! Exactly. Cheeseburger <laughs> in paradise. Paradise. Okay. <laughs> Sing it. Okay, so we are now, there we go again. We are now traveling on from Pine Bush to Cayuga Lake. And this story is called The Mysterious Booms of Cayuga Lake. The Mysterious Burger. <laughs> <laughs> burger Meister Meister Burger. Yes. It is said that since indigenous peoples were the only humans to walk along the shores, Cayuga and Seneca Lakes have been home to mysterious, loud, percussive noises that scientists cannot explain. The sounds are often described as sounding like the beating of drums or firing of guns, and there's no pattern to the timing of when they are heard. They are simply random. Mm -hmm. So there's no, it's not like on the dot, like three o'clock every day or whatever. It's just random, loud, booming, drumming sounds. Um, The native people had stories and legends to explain the weird noises, and they stated that they were drums played by ghosts of their ancestors or warnings of a thunder god alerting them that danger or evil was approaching. That's spooky. I feel like I've yeah. heard that that um, that story, bef- not that specific story, but, like, in a different place, I think in, like, uh, Colorado or whatever, but it was, like, Ooh. you always heard distant, distant drums, and it was, like, indigenous land, so. I mean, it tracks, and... Cayuga yeah. and Seneca are both um, words, and the, the Seneca Nation yeah. of Indians is actually, they call it that still, it's still labeled that around here, but the Seneca Nation is actually very close to where I live. Um, mm-hmm. So Cayuga Lake is not far at all, I wonder. I bet it's just a couple hour drive. Let me look that up too. I'm just going to freaking triangle, triangulate, triangulate. Uh, where you live? Yes. Sorry, I keep burping. It's totally fine, yeah. Three out, about three hours away. And then Seneca Lake is basically right next to it. Um, when remember when we went to, we went to Watkins Glen? Yeah. That comes off of that's runoff from Seneca Lake. Okay. Yeah. That was fun. I wish it wasn't as crowded, but I also understand why it's that crowded because it was gorgeous. Yeah. My biggest thing was that there were children running around in flip-flops. And, the, and like, they're at this place, it's called Watkins Glen. I'm sure if you're local and listening, you've heard of it. But it's known for its waterfalls. And what do waterfalls have? Spray and mist. So all of the paths that are made of stone are wet and slippery. And yeah. children are just running everywhere. And these, this area is known for a lot of its rock formations. And if one of these children were to fall into the water that was flowing or into one of the crevices that was created from, you know, the shifting of the tectonic plates and everything, they would probably die. Didn't, didn't 
uh, like a kid and his dad or something fall? Or was that at Letchworth? I don't remember. That might have been Letchworth. Yeah. But that's slippery and wet that too, place so. That dangerous too. Yeah. Yeah, please, please wear proper footwear and watch your children just because. Yeah, just be careful. And, yeah, it's just, it, it made me so nervous. And when I get nervous like that and like fear for people's safety because I simply cannot help the fact that I do, it makes the experience a little less pleasant. Yeah. But it was definitely. still great. Actually, one of those pictures we had where I shared for our catch up episode. Were, yeah. was from Watkins Glen. I think somebody might be starting to mow their lawn. <laughs> or that was a vehicle? That sounded like a lawnmower. <laughs> or someone driving a lawnmower down the road, because we have that a lot here. True. Okay, continue. I think it was a vehicle. Small towns are all the same from east to west coast. <laughs> people drive their lawnmowers down the road, and people yell and do stupid stuff. Yeah, there's a guy that drives a tractor up and down the 101 in Gold Beach, which is, like, a very busy highway. <laughs> and tractors go, like, 15 miles an hour, maybe. Yeah, well, there's like, a, there's, like, a pretty big space where, like, bikes and stuff can be, so he's not, like, blocking traffic, obviously, but still. I've seen yeah. some accidents on that road. <clears throat> I wouldn't do that. Tractor accident on the 101. Tractor <laughs> she thinks my tractor said it really turns around. She's That's only staring at me while <laughs> chugging along. <laughs> Haley, I did not know that you loved country music so much. Or do you just love I tractors? I love country music. That's my dad true, but. It's like a huge country fan. That tracks for where he lives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. That's a good song, though. I good really like tune. stupid country songs. <laughs> yeah. Like Red Solo Cup. We keep derailing. <laughs> we do. I love it. There were the native people, and they had their legends and stories. And then, of course, centuries later, colonizers came. <laughs> And they also noted the presence of the noises when they arrived. A myth arose during that time that the sounds were produced by the spirit of a revolutionary war soldier trying to find his way home. As we were saying, the colonizers um, noted the presence of the noises and a myth arose that it was the spirit of a revolutionary war soldier trying to find his way home, which I kind of understand, but at the same time, why would a soldier be banging on a drum? Yeah. Or firing a gun to find his way home. Yeah. Unless he was trying to, like, have someone find him. Right. But that's us like white that people wouldn't... for you. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. True. <laughs> this part was one of my favorite parts. Uh, the closest thing we have to a scientific explanation for this today is that it's not actually proven. There's no actual answer, but the closest, like, guess that people have is that there are large gas bubbles escaping from the lake bottoms. So basically, in my words, it's giant lake mm. farts that are not deadly yeah, or lake silent. Farts. I love that. Yes, yes me That's too. Cool. When I was reading that in my head, all I could hear was lake farts. 
So instead of calling this Mysterious Booms of Cayuga Lake, we're going to call it Mysterious Farts of Cayuga Lake. <laughs> Fart on me, Papa Lake. Oh. So, I labeled this story the scariest of them all. Would you like to know why? I just became very aware that um, there could be a spider under this desk. But yes, tell me. I hate when I do that so much. Yeah. That's that's the, really the scariest of all. But on my notes here, the scariest story of them all was called Math Formulas in the Sky. The math formulas in the sky were discovered in July 1973 by a radio station manager named Bob Hill. And he says he saw something weird in the sky above him at the radio station. He claims to have seen several white objects floating above him, um, about above 10,000 feet in the air, floating towards the earth. Which is crazy. How did he measure that with his brain? And also 10,000 feet is really high. Can you see that high up? I mean, you can see planes. Yeah, I was going to say, if it's not, like, super cloudy. Yeah. So, apparently it wasn't cloudy that day, and he saw these white objects 10,000 feet in the air floating towards the Earth. He waited 30 to 45 minutes for the objects to land, and when they did, he found that they were pieces of paper with hundreds of intricate mathematical equations written on them. What the fuck? The source of this is completely unknown. I'm going to have a crisis over this. What the fuck? Exactly! Like, first of all, math falling out of the sky is scary. But, like, just like... Not knowing where it came from? Right. And also the fact that he watched them fall and they fell in such a way that he was able to still get them. Because 10,000 feet is really high. Wind and just the way that the... Like, air would catch the paper. The fact that he was able to still get to them. Yeah. It's almost like they were placed there on purpose. That's crazy. Yeah. And it was, like, hundreds of intricate equations. Were they able to, like, figure out what they, like, were for? There wasn't know? really that much more information. And and the, sor- the source is completely unknown. <sighs> Isn't that creepy as fuck? It is creepy as fuck. I have to know the answers. Yes. I Maybe I'll look up more about that. That also makes me think aliens. Yes. Yeah. Our next story is called Floating Rocks. Which, this one's creepy too. Rocks don't float. Well, apparently they do. In November 1815... An edition of the Niles Weekly Register, a newspaper that was local to Marbletown, New York, reported a story of floating rocks that had amazed visitors at an, quote-unquote, otherwise ordinary cow pasture. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I personally think it would have been way cooler if the cows were floating, but that's neither here nor there. Agreed. It was said that the rocks would float around three feet off the ground and would travel 30 to 60 feet horizontally. Yeah. Weird. Exactly. Imagine seeing that. I don't... It, like... And I, it didn't say how fast or how slow, but they were three feet off the ground and traveled 30 to... 30 to 60 feet is quite a distance. 
Would you want them to travel, like, really, really slow or super fast? Which would be the less less creepy? Slow. I I agree. I feel like fast would be... I don't know, it's like when you're watching a movie and something's happening and then all of a sudden the music speeds up and it, like, makes yeah. your anxiety more. Or I'm just picturing, like, I think it's The Exorcist when the the girl's head spins around or something happens and it gets faster and faster is much creepier. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And until this day, the mystery of the floating rocks remains unsolved. Of course it does. <laughs> um, and it was 1815. So it could have not been rocks at all. It could have been something completely different. It could have been 1815 people discovering some drugs for the first time. I have no idea, but floating rocks in an otherwise ordinary cow pasture. Next, we are traveling to North Salem to talk about the North Salem Dolmen, which I don't know if that's pronounced correctly. It's Mm D-O-L-M-E-N. And alongside a roadside in North Salem, New York, passerby will see a structure that is both intriguing and mysterious. Labeled truly impressive, the structure is made of a 90-ton boulder balanced on five smaller stones that have been buried deep into the ground. Mm-hmm. It's, let me, I'm going to find a picture and send it to you real quick because it's really cool looking, but it's also like, how did that happen? Ooh. That's cool. Isn't that cool looking? Let's yeah. see how far that is from me. Anyways, it's not loading, but so it's a nine, the boulder is 90 tons, which is huge. Yeah. Um, and it's placed on the five smaller stones that have been buried deep into the ground. And although some people believe that this happened naturally over time through glacial movements, most see that the odds of this occurring naturally are slim. And I agree because I'll, I'll, add a picture um, when the episode comes out so everyone can see it. But just the way that it's placed, the erosion doesn't look, or the just the way it's sitting doesn't look like it's possible that it was just, like, happened over time. I, I just, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah. Um, it's theorized that natives set the structure up to serve as a place of worship, And the structure itself is referred to as a dolmen because that's the term that is used for stone structures that were scattered throughout the prehistoric world and were thought to have been used as by ancient people as altars and holy site markers. So there's dolmens all over, but this one's specific to North Salem. And I I just think it's really cool looking. It really almost looks like some sort of animal or like dinosaur. I want to know how they... If that's the case and it's, like, a, a structure for, like, worship, how did they lift it? Dude, I was thinking the same thing when I was looking and reading about it because I think that about, like, the pyramids and stuff all the time. Yeah. There's, like, there's no physically possible way that prehistoric versions of us in ancient times, in um, ancient Egypt built those fucking pyramids. Right. So how are they lifting these? Like it, it, it doesn't make any sense. And I, but it just, I the way it's, it's really the way it's sitting does not look like it would just naturally have sat there. I feel like it would have 
come off. So. Can you shut up, sir? I'm trying to make content. Are you saying that to Logan or whoever no, they, is walking by? Just walk. Just drove by. <laughs> <laughs> A big old truck just walked by. <laughs> she thinks my truck's sexy. It's got really nice legs. She thinks my tractor's sexy. I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> <laughs> you really turned wrong. Okay. Our next story um, is a little alarming. Little, little thought-provoking. A little bit maybe of a a conspiracy theory, but it's shorter, so it leaves you kind of thinking. Would you like to know the title? Yeah. The title of this story is called Suicide Birds. Oh, no. Yeah. So, in 1948, hundreds of birds flew directly into the Empire State Building and plummeted to their death. I feel like I remember hearing about this. Yeah, I, I think so too. And the birds were flying at a pretty high altitude, so they hit it many stories up. And it would so it would make sense that if they all hit it, they would plummet to their death. And yeah. one of the weirdest things about this is that the birds were identified and they were dozens of different species. It wasn't like a flock of birds that just accidentally yeah. flew into this building. It was dozens of different species. So it was, and it was hundreds upon hundreds of birds. Birds aren't real. Honestly, this makes me think that might be true, but I love birds. But, um, for a birds aren't real episode. That would be so fun. We definitely should. I feel like she would, do you think she would do it? I feel like she might. To talk about the fact that birds aren't real. Yes. No, I just think she'd be a little nervous about being like recorded, you know. But I think. But I feel so like fun. she's. Penny, if you want to do that, tell us because that would be so fun. And I know she's very interested in that topic. Yeah. So I feel like she would enjoy sharing her knowledge. Definitely. We could just have a penny takeover. And then we can. <gasps> you know what we'd call it at the same time. Yeah. You know what we could call it? Penny for your what? thoughts. Penny, what do you think? Let us know. She also likes coins, so. (laughs) Hell yeah. Look at us brainstorming episodes. Look at us go. Um, And scientists say that this behavior is nearly unheard of. And, like, the behavior itself, but also the fact that it was dozens of different species. And do you want to know an eerie coincidence about this yeah so they flew into the empire state building which is where new york city oh i'm sorry i didn't hear you (laughs) i said they flew into the empire state building which is where new york city and it occurred in 1948 but do you know what day of the year it happened on september 11th yep Hundreds of birds. I, dude, seriously. I'm gonna throw up. What is, we are living in a simulation. This this is not real. (laughs) It's not. I hate that. Yeah. But I also. I hate it. it. Me too. And like, wow. 
September 11th, 1948, hundreds of birds flew directly into the Empire State Building. It's almost like birds aren't real. So they were like little drones that were flown to see if birds would work. And then they had to wait like, what, 53 years? And we're like, I think what we need is a plane. And we're going to go for the Twin Towers, not the Empire State Building. I'm going to barf everywhere. Yes. I'm, I think I want to do an episode on 9-11 at some point and some of the theories. That would be, that would be cool. Just yes. let me know. Give me time to prepare mentally because I've listened to some podcasts about that. and But they played like like recordings of people in the towers. That's what really See, got me. I don't so, think I would do that. I think I would go yeah. more the route of like what happened, the structural stuff, and, like, the theories about, like, who did it. Um, Yeah. Because I don't agree with who the government said did it. So people might hate me or think I'm stupid afterwards, but... I want to hear it. it I think it was an inside job. If you decide decide to play phone calls from people inside the towers, tell me so I can bring a box of tissues, because it's really sad. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I shall. I probably won't, but we'll see. So I'll put okay. that on my list of topic ideas. Okay. Um, and our final story has one of my favorite titles just because of the, the, the way that it sounds. It is called The Missingest Man in New York State. Which is not a word, but I like the way that it sounds. This one's a little bit longer, but I think that you'll like it. Um, I got a lot of this, so this information is in the book that I have, but I got a lot of it from Wikipedia to get more details instead of more, a summary. So we're kind of going just right from Wikipedia. Okay. In the summer of 1930, shortly after the anti-corruption inquiry began, um, a man named Joseph Crater and his wife were vacationing at their summer cabin in Belgrade, Maine. Joseph Crater was a... I thought I had a note about this. Shit. Let me look him, look him up. A side note, the last name Crater is cool. I like that. It is. So his name is Joseph F. Crater, Crater excuse me, and his middle name is Force. Which I Ooh. think is kind of cool, too. That is cool. Um, he was an American lawyer who served as a New York State Supreme Court Justice... And he and his wife were vacationing at their summer cabin in Belgrade, Maine. And in July, Crater received a telephone call. He told his wife nothing about the call other than to say that he had to return to New York City to straighten those fellows out, quote-unquote. The next day, he arrived at his apartment at 45th Avenue in Greenwich Village. But instead of dealing with business... Greenwich. Sorry. I always do that. I yeah. thought I, I'm like, don't say Greenwich. That's not right. Um, <laughs> Greenwich Village. But instead of dealing with this, with the business he was supposed to, he went to Atlantic City, New Jersey, with a showgirl, and her name was Sally Lou Ritz. So he wasn't dealing with uh, straightening those fellows out. He then returned to Maine on August first. And then he traveled back to New York on August 3rd, promising his wife that he would return to Maine in, at their summer home by her birthday on August 9th. She stated that That's he was in good birthday. spirit. Is it really? Yeah. 
I don't know why I said it like that. Is it really? Um, <laughs> she stated that he was in good spirits and behaving completely normally when he left. On the morning of August 6th, Crater spent two hours going through his files in his chambers, reportedly destroying several documents. He then had his law clerk, Joseph Mera, cast two checks for him that amounted to 5150 U.S. dollars, which in today's money would be over $90,000. I'm making a note to look to read more about this because yes. I am floored. What the fuck? How do I never know about this? <laughs> yes. At noon, Joseph Crater and Joseph Mara carried two locked briefcases to Crater's apartment where Crater told Mara to take the rest of the day off. That evening, Crater went to a Broadway ticket agency run by a friend, another Joseph, Joseph Gransky, weird, and reserved one seat for a comedy called Dancing Partner at the Belasco Theater. Gransky was surprised because he and Crater had already seen a preview of the show. Crater then ate dinner at Billy Haas's Chop House with Ritz and William Klein, a lawyer friend of his. Ritz is the showgirl. Crater's dinner companions gave differing accounts of his departure from the restaurant. Klein initially testified that the judge got into a taxi cab outside the restaurant at about 9.30 p.m. and drove west on 45th Street. This account was initially confirmed by Ritz. At the sidewalk, Judge Crater took a taxi cab. Then later, Klein and Ritz changed their story and said that they had entered a taxi outside the restaurant, but Crater had walked down the street. Hmm. Yes. Crater's disappearance did not elicit any immediate reaction. When he did not return to Maine after 10 days, his wife began making calls to their friends in New York, asking if anyone had seen him. His fellow justices became alarmed when Crater failed to appear for the opening of the courts on August 25th. They started a private investigation, but failed to find any trace of him. The police were notified on September 3rd, and after that, the missing judge was front page news. An investigation was conducted, and there were some odd things found by the police, but there was no evidence of his being or his whereabouts, and the case was closed in 1979. Damn. His wife believed he was murdered, and on August 19, 2005, authorities revealed that after Queen's resident Stella Ferrucci Good's death at 81, or excuse me, at 91, they had received notes that she wrote in which she claimed that her husband... Um, NYPD detective Robert Good had learned that Crater was killed by Charles Burns, another NYPD officer. Oh, according, fuck that. yeah. So this was a note that this lady wrote, and they were after she passed, they were sent to the police. Yeah. According to the the note, Crater was buried near West Eighth Street in Coney Island, Brooklyn, at the current site of the New York Aquarium. Police reported that no records had been found to indicate that skeletal remains had been discovered at that site when it was excavated in the 1950s. So, the case is still considered unsolved. But, I think it's very sketchy that there seems to be it some is. police involvement. And when yeah. the site was excavated, there was nothing. But, was there nothing? Exactly. So, there's more info That's I just didn't want to... Yeah, yeah. So, but it was anti-corruption. If you want to, okay, I I would love to. If anyone wants to, okay, 
But yeah, oh. so that was um the missus the missingest man and some weird, crazy, wild, fun stories about my home state of New York. Also, I was gonna say this bef- when you started the story, but I didn't want to interrupt you. But um, where is so Linda sent? I might have told you about this. I can't remember, but Linda sent this screenshot from a family Facebook group a while back, and I think one of our like really, really um old like family members is one of the longest missing people in Pennsylvania. What? I feel like you did yeah. say something about that. Where did she send it? She might have just sent it to me. But I'm gonna see how much I can find about it because that's I don't, I never knew anything about it. And I think it'd be cool. Oh, there it is. It would be even cooler if you like talk to your family members. And get, like, some real inside scoop. Yeah, this girl's been missing... Um... Since 1938. Her name's Marjorie West. Yes, you did tell me about that. Because the name sounds familiar. Oh, when she was a kid? Yeah. I'm going to look more into it and I will do, um, if I can find a lot about it, I will do a full episode or I'll like add it into another, like a mashup type thing. So. Yeah. Oh my God. That would be incredible. Not, I mean, it's sad, but like something. It is. It's weird. I don't know if this is super weird or somewhat normal where I'm like, I want like crazy things to happen to people around me or me so I can like be part of the story, but I also don't want them to happen. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I do. Like, you're not gonna, like, take steps to make crazy things happen, but if they do, you're gonna, like, not enjoy it, but just, like... Get into it. I, I, and, like, yeah, try to solve it. Mean. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people know what I mean, honestly, because I... There's a lot of things I think in my head that I don't say out loud, and then someone else says something about it, like... Indeed. Indeed, doodly do. But I hope you that enjoyed was, that. I hope it was good. Was um, there's lots. Was there's good. lots more in that book, so I'm probably going to continue to revisit it throughout pod, our podcast timeline. Um, it's also never cool because I'm timeline. learning more things. Yes, it's a never-ending story. Because um, <laughs> I don't know a ton about New York, even though I thought I did. Um, so we will just continue on and if you live in New York hi to you I would love to know you don't have to like give me your um tell me your home address <laughs> I um what's the word I don't need your latitude latitude Jesus Christ your latitude and longitude your geographical coordinates there's what I was looking for um but hey do you know anything about this do you have any crazy stories about New York I would love to hear them you can send that information to us um, on Instagram at Educate Me Papa, on Facebook at Educate Me Papa the Podcast, or send it an email. And email would be great because it will be easier to find with a good subject heading. Um, and that is 
educatemepapa at gmail.com. At gmail.com? Dot com. Oh my God, did I say anything? Email me, Papa. Did I say anything, me, Papa, during this? I think we both did. You're not the only one who does it. (laughs) I know, but I like to try to make sure I at least sneak one in every time. You shithead. (laughs) I am Papa Poo Poo. I'm going to punch you in the face through the screen. Or just wait a couple weeks and do it in person. I'll wait till after you do my hair. Knock me out, Papa. As soon as your hair's done, you just walk out and your hair looks beautiful and you're like, this is the last sight you're going to see. I flip my hair behind my shoulder and... And I think you're just flipping your hair, but you actually use it as a wind-up to get really good velocity behind your punch. Yep. Yep. But... Alright, friends. That's all, folks. It was great to uh, talk to you again. And as always... Thank you for listening. 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 Thank you Thanks. Listening. Listeners. Thanks. You. Thanks. All right, y'all. See you next time. Love you so much. Love you. All righty. Bye.